Welcome back to the Baseball Plug. I'm your host, Micah Fleischman. Alongside me is my co-host and good friend, Nicholas Bear. Nick, how's it going? I'm doing very well today, Micah. How are you? I'm doing well, Nick. There's a big announcement. We have made a website. It is thebaseballplugpodcast.com. So if you care about us, want to support us in any way, go over there. Again, thebaseballplugpodcast.com. It'll mean a lot to me. It'll mean a lot to Nick. Anyway, Fernando Tatis got a bag. Justin Turner is back with the Dodgers. And our MLB predictions with a twist. Let's dive in. Fernando Tatis signs the longest contract in baseball history, a 14-year, $340 million contract, Nick. This is incredible. This is changing the game of baseball. A $24.28 million AAV. And get this, we know Tatis is a great player, but he has only played 143 career games. Could this somehow bite the Padres down the line. We know Tatis is a great player, but did they overpay here? They 100% overpaid. Um, You know, Tatis, like you said, is a great player, very, very talented, but, you know, he just, he's been injured. I don't know how much you want to give a player that's been injured so much. Like, sure, he's worth a lot of money. Hey, I mean, Tatis, go get that money. Good for him. Like, I, I got to give it to him, but, like, the Padres are kind of screwed now. Like, this feels – I'm a Rams fan, so, like, this feels a lot like what the Rams are doing. They're going all in right now, the Padres are. And if within the next two, three years they don't win a title, they're kind of fucked. I mean, you got Snell and Darvish on three years left, so. I mean, they had Tatis. He was he was pretty much, like, $500,000 until 2022 is when he hits arbitration. And, I mean, they're going to give him, at the most during arbitration, $10, $15 million a year. So, I mean, he, he would be a free agent until 2025. So, they would have him for this year and then four years after that, if I'm doing my math correctly. And they jumped the gun here. I mean, I don't understand why you keep – why you would give Tatis that much money right now and jack up the AAV – mess up your payroll situation going forward because if they keep him under that contract that they had where he starts arbitration 2022 and they give him 10 15 million dollars a year leading up until 2025 you know maybe they can go out and re-sign a Blake Snell re-sign a Hugh Darvish go out and look at somebody I mean I don't understand why they do this like like you mentioned great for Tatis get the bag get the money but this real it's it's a head scratcher for me as to why you're going to do this. Obviously, they see him as the cornerstone of the franchise. I mean, to to me, they probably see him as the Juan Soto in a sense of the Padres. Like, without him, the Padres aren't anything. I mean, listen, the no one would be talking about the Padres if Tatis wasn't there. Like, I know the Padres have done a lot of other good things, but like, Tatis is. Tatis like, is arguably the face of baseball. Arguably, yes. Or or the future face of baseball once Mike Trout eventually hits a decline, if he ever does. But, 
Yeah, it's it's questionable on the Padres side. They got a lot of money now. I didn't even know they had this much money. Like, I got no idea where they got all this money. Like, of course, they live in California, but I I thought that was the Dodgers who had the money. I mean, the Dodgers do have a lot of money, and they've spent a lot. But The Padres also signed somebody um, from Korea, I believe, his name is Hae Sung Kim. I definitely said that wrong, but you know I'm going to try. They signed him to a four-year, $28 million deal. That's $7 million AAV. He is a primary second baseman. Where is he fitting? Because you do not pay $7 million for a bench bat. He's not going to third because Machado's there. Shortest Tatis. Second is the arguable rookie of the year from last year in Jane Cronenworth. And first base is, is uh, Eric Hosmer. Where are you putting this guy? And there's no DH. So are They're you signing him to be a bench player. Are you? Why would you pay $7 million for a bench player or a platoon role? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. Because the Padres said, fuck it. Let's just go all in. I mean, but this, it doesn't this, make this, any sense. I, I mean, I, maybe they're going to transition him into the outfield somewhere. I, don't, I have no idea. I, I don't understand it because – this guy, uh, Hae Sung Kim, is a primary second baseman. He's not a big guy. He's 5'9", again, only 25 years old. But as to why he would – as to why the Padres would give him a $7 million deal and not have, like, okay, he's going to play here or, you know, he's going to be our platoon guy, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Zero sense. It doesn't. Maybe, maybe he will be the platoon guy with the other guy at second base who was arguably the rookie of the year last year. I don't remember his name. but Big Cronenworth. Yeah, there you go. That, that would be my best guess because you definitely don't pay a guy $7 million to come off. Okay, I mean, here's the deal. Kim is – he's a righty, so maybe they want to platoon Cronenworth and, and him like he gets the bats versus the majority of the lefties and Cronenworth the righties. But again, Cronenworth, he, he was – he was wonderful last year. He was arguably the rookie of the year. And, I mean, you don't pay $7 million for a platoon bat. And, like, this guy raked in the KBO. Let's, let's give him credit where it's due. 109, 104, 84, 114, 84 RBIs. I mean, dude raked. Over the past, like, four or five seasons in the KBO, he's been one of the better players, given I don't know a lot about that league. Uh, but $7 million for a guy where you don't know where he's going to play, it doesn't make any sense to me. I think the Padres are getting very happy and excited. Like we get it. They're, they are a good team. They are, you know, arguably a top three team in, in baseball. I mean, I just don't see this, dude. I love Tatis. I think he's a great player. But you could have had him for five more years at, you know, 500000 $500,000, $10 million, $50 million, $50 million. But instead, you're giving twenty two a year. You know, this this reminds me a little bit of when A.J. Preller first took over the Padres and they went after Matt Kemp and Justin Upton and James Shields. Of course, the difference here is that I think we can both agree that this team is better than that team. This team is also a lot younger. Um, so there's more room for error, I believe. But it, it reminds me a lot of that because Padres are going all in right now again. And if it doesn't work out, they got to go to a rebuild, just like after how it didn't work with Matt Kemp and Justin Upton and James Shields, they had to go to a rebuild. Okay, don't get it twisted here. I'm not at, by any means saying that Tatis is not a great player, but he played in 84 games in 2019, 
In those 84 games, he played wonderful. 22 homers, 53 RBIs, uh, on-base percentage of nearly 400. Like, he, he played great. In 2020, he played all but one game. And, you know, obviously fourth at MVP, Silver Slugger, you know the whole deal. But to give a guy who played 143 games a contract like that, I do not understand it, Nick. I mean, like the Yankees could have done that with Judge after his 2017 season, and he hasn't been able to stay on the field since. I mean, he played 155 games in, in 2017, and he led the leagues in, in, in home runs and nearly in RBIs, and he should have won MVP. And they could have said, okay, here's $22 million a year, but they didn't. They were smart about it. This could backfire tremendously. You know, just like you mentioned with Judge, I don't care how good a player's first season is or Tatis, 143 games in the combined two seasons, which is basically one full season. You do not pay a guy after that much, that many games he's played. That, that's just ridiculous. I would never, even as a Dodger fan, I would have never wanted to pay Walker Buehler after just one year of a great year. I would, Or Corey Seager, you know what I'm getting at, just any of those guys. You just, you don't do that. It, do, it doesn't make any sense to me because, again, we're not sitting here shitting on Tatis because he's a great player. Don't get, it, don't get it twisted. I just don't understand, in terms of the front office, why you do this. Because you can have him until 2025 for a ton less money per year. A ton. Nearly half. And they decided, let's jump the gun here. I don't get why you do that. Maybe wait until one year before he hits free agency and like, all right, we'll give him the contract extension. You know, we'll give him the big bag now. But they signed they signed him to this contract. There's no way they can re-sign Snell. There's no way they can re-sign Darvish. No chance at all. I mean, ideally, you would have waited until Darvish and Snell are had their contract expired, and. I hope maybe you would have brought Tatis on. Maybe you would have extended him on a slightly cheaper deal that would have allowed you some flexibility to bring back either one of Snell or Darvish. I don't think they would have brought back both, plus Darvish's age. And now you're you're stuck with also Eric Hosmer, who's in his thirties for the next five six years. Manny Machado, he was great last year. I personally just don't like him because the way he was with the Dodgers. Um, you're stuck with all these guys. I've never there. There's never been a team that is paid or given two guys a contract of ten plus years, and they have that in Machado. Oh wait, excuse me, Machado was eight years, right? No, he was ten years, three hundred. Ten years, ten years, three hundred, and now you got Tatis, fourteen years, three forty. Like, I mean, we talked about the Padres payroll, Tatis's possible injury problems let's look at the 2021 free agent shortstop class and it is stacked Correa, Baez, Story, Seager, Lindor if he doesn't sign an extension this oh wow it is stacked so what are these guys gonna get because because Baez isn't as good as Tatis none of those guys that I just listed were as good as Tatis you can make the case that Story is better I think um, last year Seager had a better season, but overall I would still take Tatis. I, I, I think I don't think Tatis is the best shortstop in baseball. 
but we can we can make an argument there. I think Tatis is going to get them. Uh, he, he's going to get a bigger contract and more money, given that he's what twenty two years old, something like that. Like Windor's turning twenty eight, twenty nine. Uh, Stories, you know, twenty eight, twenty nine. All those guys are getting up there, like twenty eight, twenty nine range. So they're not going to get that huge, huge contract that Tatis did. But I mean, these are these are gamers. I mean, these are all great players that I just mentioned. What are they going to get in terms of contract, in terms of money per year, in terms of years? I don't. I don't know. I mean, right now, when you take a look at it, only sixty million dollars sets apart, or about sixty million dollars sets apart what um, Mike Trout got and Fernando Tatis. I, I think Mike Trout got right around four hundred million dollars. I don't know. Do those guys get money in between? I mean. Th- th- I don't think they would ask for less than Tatis. I just can't imagine that. It's just so tough to say right now. To me, it's just I'm sitting here and I look back at it and I I don't know. I mean, we saw Bauer get this crazy contract. Tatis is getting this crazy contract. And it's good for baseball because that means that teams are going to have to spend money. And, And we like this. We like when teams spend money. But... I it, it 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 boggles me. I don't know if I'm using that word right, but it, it's weird that they gave him that much money for that long when they had him under control for for a long time. Yeah, I just wouldn't have done that either. I mean, you look at what the Dodgers are doing with Corey Seager. I know we just brought his name up. He's entering into free agency. They still haven't given him a contract. They've gone through arbitration years and all that stuff, especially because they have they had other guys under contract anyways before. So it's like they waited on him. I think the Padres could have been much more patient, especially because if the Dodgers can be patient with the Corey Seager, then the Padres can surely be patient with the Tatis. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about the Dodgers a little bit more. Um, they re-signed Justin Turner, uh, two-year, $34 million with a club option for one more year and 14. So if they pick up that option, it'd be three years, $48 million. Um, this is most likely Turner's last contract he's ever going to sign. Um, or, or last contract where it's going to be a- actually notable. Uh, he is a good third baseman. He's very good. I do think that they overpaid for him. Um, but there were some teams out there that were going to offer him more money. And he went back to LA cause that's where he likes it. And that says something about the organization. And that says something about winning. We talk about that winning is the most important thing in baseball and the Dodgers do that. And they do it better than a lot of teams, better than 99% of the teams in baseball. So he said, okay, you know what? I'll take a million or $2 million less to get a shot at maybe another World Series. And uh, I know that people love Justin Turner, but since 2017, he hasn't played more than 135 games. He's been injured. I He's up there in age. I don't expect him to produce that much anymore. But he's back with the Dodgers. Nick? Uh, he- the luxury the Dodgers have is that they are a very deep team. They've always been a very deep team. Uh, I don't think their farm system is as good as it was a couple years ago because they have called guys up now. But it's not a surprise to me that he's back. One thing I do count against him, I'm not even going to go on a big rant about this, though, but like 
he had that situation at the World Series, at the end of the World Series, where he tested positive for COVID, yet still came back on the field to celebrate and didn't wear a mask, which really ticks me off. But other than that, he's a great clubhouse guy. I know that he's very, very well-liked in this city, especially being a Dodger fan and going to the games. You just kind of see the reception he gets. So it's not a surprise he's back. Uh, this is about the contract I said expected. I didn't expect anything more than two, three years. But going just going back to what you said, even though he hasn't played more than 135 games in the past couple of years, the Dodgers have just so much depth. They were just like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just give him the money because he wants it. The Dodger fans probably want it. And uh, whatever happens, happens. Let's talk about a guy that doesn't have a contract and isn't really sure about his future, and that's Clayton Kershaw. Um, he was quoted saying, I don't know about playing past 2021. And my question is, why the fuck not? I really don't understand. I'm going to get a little bit upset here. Because Kershaw is still a top 15 player in baseball. And I understand he's a family player man. Player or pitcher? Pitcher. Sorry, did I say player? Yes. Okay, well, he's still a top 15 pitcher in baseball. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, people want to say, oh, Kershaw's had bad years over the past whatever. Let, let's let's go back when people said that Kershaw fell off a cliff in 2018, 273 RA, 2019, 3.3 RA, 2020, 216 RA. So get the fuck out of here if you think that he's not a good pitcher. Okay? I don't want to hear that shit if you think that Clayton Kershaw isn't a good pitcher because he is a stud, man. Say what you want about the postseason. He is one of the better regular season pitchers ever. Okay, he's a he's a beast, man. And I have no clue why he doesn't want to play past 2021 or he's not sure about it. He's with an organization that can be a possible dynasty. Do we think it's going to happen? I don't know, but it's possible. He, he he's going to get money regardless. You know, even if he has a shit year this year, he's going to get money just because uh, his locker room presence and people depend on him and Clayton Kershaw's loved wherever he goes. I, I don't get it, man. I really don't understand this. And if I'm the Dodgers, I'm sitting down with him right now. I'm saying, name your price. It doesn't make any sense to you. And it's not that the Dodgers need him back because, we, as we mentioned, their rotation is, is so deep. I, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. It makes me upset. It does. It makes me upset as to why he's not coming back. Or as, as to why we, as to why he doesn't know if he's going to come back. I think Dodger fans got so spoiled that we got too far ahead of ourselves when we were saying he was falling off a cliff. Because, let's be honest, if you look at his numbers before he – quote-unquote, fell off a cliff. They were just that good that I think Dodger fans got so used to it. I mean, yeah, he led the league oh, in ERA. Oh, hold on. I just got an alert on Bleacher Report. Kershaw wants to play past 2021. He says he has a lot in the tank left and wants to play beyond this season with the Dodgers. I Breaking just got that news from Bleacher Report. My whole rant gets scrapped. Never mind. I guess we're done with that conversation. We are keeping that in. I am not editing that out. Wow. Okay. Um, wow, I looked like such a dumbass. Okay, let's keep it moving. Why don't we? Uh, let's go to predictions. 
predictions. So we're going to do our division winners, our wild card winners, assuming that's the normal playoffs, and our award winners. But here's the twist, Nick. We cannot pick the Dodgers or the Yankees to A, play in the World Series, and B, to win it. Because we talk about them enough on the show. We've talked about the Dodgers enough today. So, we, no, we cannot choose those teams. We have our predictions down. So, I'm going to start with you, Nick, your division winners. Go. So, my, divi- my division winners, I'm just going to list them off right now, and then I'll just briefly explain them. My division winners are going to be the Yankees, the White Sox, the Astros, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, and the Braves. I think – do I even have to really explain the Yankees and the Dodgers? I don't think so. I think the, the most interesting one, I think, for a lot of people is going to be the Astros. So I'll spend the most time on that. The Astros, to me, I just felt like they were dealt with just a bunch of things last year because the, the whole cheating scandal and the punishments came out in January of 2020. Then the pandemic hit. So then you're off for how long was it? Like three, four months, right, before the season started. And you're still dealing with all the backlash from the cheating and they had injuries. They they had a new they a uh, new manager because they got their previous manager AJ Inge fired. So they they were just dealt with a lot of bad cards. I don't actually think the Astros are a bad team. And speaking of injuries, Justin Verlander did get Tommy John surgery. Uh, so I think they'll bounce back. I think the A's got a lot uh, not a lot worse, but they got worse because they lost Marcus Semien. So that's why I don't think they're better than the Astros right now. Uh, the White Sox, we've talked about them quite a bit, but I'll just say they, they had a great free agency. They had a great offseason. Now we're in spring training. So, I mean, I think they're easily the best team in that division. The Cardinals, we talked about them getting Norlin Arenado a couple of weeks ago. I think that's a huge boost to them. Don't forget they also have Paul Goldschmidt still. And the Atlanta Braves, I mean, they were one game away from eliminating the Dodgers, the eventual World Series champs, and they did not have Mike Soroka. And so came back and Morton and Morton. So I think the Braves are clearly the best team in that division as well, but uh, it's going to be a very interesting year. I think, especially for the national league, I think it's more clear cut in the American league where the best team is. Uh, I think that, well, I mean, the Dodgers are a super team. Don't get me wrong, but I, I do think the Braves could give the Dodgers more trouble than any team in the AL can give the Yankees. Okay, here's the thing. Um, I agree with all these except for um, the Astros. I, I'm taking the A's in the AL West. And for the simple reason that the Astros have dealt with adversity and they dealt with injury. And I don't think you can ever count out the A's. I, I, I really just don't. I don't think you can. I mean, I'm not saying like, oh, they're, they could win the World Series. I just think that the A's are going to find a way to pull a rabbit out of a hat. And so that that's the only reason why. So those are our division winners. For me, I have the Yankees, White Sox, A's, Dodgers, Cardinals, and Braves. Nick has the Yankees, White Sox, Astros, Dodgers, Cardinals, and Braves. And now we'll go to the wild card. And that's assuming it's the normal playoff schedule. Again, we don't know if it's expanded or, or whatever the hell's going on here. But we're going to do it as if there were two teams, two wild card teams. And my wild card teams are going to be the Jays and the Astros. And then the Padres and the Mets. Um, as far as the Padres, I don't think there's anything that needs to be said there. The NOS has two of the best three teams in all of baseball. Um, so one of them is going to be in the wild card. So there's the Padres. 
Um, I think the Mets have just done too much this all season to not make a wild card again. It's the Mets, so they could Mets it up. Um, but they've done too much this offseason to not be somewhat successful. So that's why I'm going to pick the, the Padres and the Mets. And in terms of the American League, watching the Blue Jays grow um, so much and the way that they deal with everything, I really just like the way that organization is run. So I'm going to take the Blue Jays to finish second in the American League East um, and first in the wild card in the American League. And then the Astros, uh, again, a toss-up between the A's and the Astros in who wins the American League West. Nick, I know where you stand, but I'm going to take that the Astros will be the second wild card team. Yeah, for me, I'm going to start with the National League as well. I got the Padres. We have spent way too much time on the Padres. We already talked about them again earlier today as well. So we're going to move on from that. I have the Nationals as the second wild card team in the National League. And you see, I, I think the Nationals coming off a World Series win and then the pandemic and then Steven Strasburg got hurt. Max Scherzer was hurt for a little bit too. I also think they were dealt with just some bad cards this past year. I still think they're a really good team. I mean, sure, they lost Anthony Rendon, but I just find it hard to believe that Anthony Rendon would literally be the difference between them making the playoffs and winning the World Series. There's there's just no way. I, I believe that team is a playoff team. You've got Juan Soto there, who we're going to talk about in a bit. Uh, one of the best players in baseball, even though he's only been in the league for two, three years. And then on the Na- uh, American League side, excuse me, I got the Blue Jays, just like Micah said. They've just done a great job building that organization, especially since Josh Donaldson and Jose Bautista and Edwin Encarnacion left a couple of years ago. And I got the Minnesota Twins from the AL Central making the wild card. I think this team is a great team. They got Kenta Maeda had a great year last year. They have a great offense. Byron Buxton is still also a great defender. Uh, I have a hard time seeing this team not making the playoffs. Okay, so we've got our wild card, um, our wild card guys. So let's go over to the awards, the fun part. And I'm going to let you know there will be some bias here. Um, there will be a little bit of bias. My MVP in the National League is Juan Soto. In my opinion, one of the better pure hitters in all of baseball. And I think he is going to win the NL MVP and take home that honors. In the American League, playing right field, number 99, Aaron Judge. I think... And yes, 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 I know you're smiling. I know people behind their phones or radios or whatever are like, oh, this kid's stupid. He has no clue what he's talking about. The Yankees have hired a yoga instructor, which I have said they had to do the past two years for guys like Judge and Stanton to prevent injuries. They listened to me because Cashman listens to the show. They listened to me. Judge will not get injured because, by the way, when he's been on the field, he's been a top three player in baseball. There's no debating that. When he has been on the field, he has been electric. Remember, he was going to win MVP last year, and then he pulled his calf or something like that. So I got Judge winning MVP in the American League. Cy Young, we got the two best pitchers, um, both from New York. The best pitcher in baseball, Jacob DeGrom. The second best pitcher, Garrett Cole. There's zero bias there whatsoever. Those are the two best pitchers in baseball. There's no argument there whatsoever. Rookie of the year. I got Wander Franco and Cabrian Hayes. These are two guys 
Cabrian Hayes had a great year last year with the Pirates. He's still eligible to win Rookie of the Year. He had the highest war on the Pirates um, in a very limited amount of games, which just says something about the organization in itself. And uh, Franco is just, you know, he's perceived as this guy who can, you know, revive the Rays and take them to the promised land. And um, I, I, you guys know my feelings about prospects, but I got a, I got a good feeling about this guy. Uh, so I like Wander Franco. And my manager of the year is going to be Bob Melvin from the A's. Uh, we know he's a great manager. He finds a way to do something right every single year. And Mike Schilt from the Cardinals. Um, I feel like the Cardinals are, you know, on paper, they've got some names that jump off at you. But when you go more into depth, uh, there are a lot of holes on this team. And I think they'll win the NL Central, and I think they will win it convincingly. And that'll that'll help Schilt win manager of the year. Yeah, and then for my MVPs, I got Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros. As I explained earlier, the Houston Astros were dealt with the bad hand of cards. But if the Astros bounce back, I think they're going to be led by Alex Bregman. And if we uh, look back a couple years ago, Alex Bregman was, in fact, an MVP candidate two years ago, two, three years ago. So I don't see any reason why he couldn't bounce back from that. And then, yes, this is biased, but this is also very, very realistic. Mookie bet to the Dodgers. I mean, everyone expects the Dodgers to at least have the best regular season record if you look at the teams on paper. And Mookie Betts, I mean, even last year, Mookie Betts was a stud last year too. And I just think with the full season, with the team that the Dodgers have, it's it's hard to see him not winning MVP. But, I mean, there are many great players in the National League. Anyways, for Cy Young, I'm going to agree with Micah here, DeGrom and Cole. Nothing much needs to be said. Best two pitchers in baseball, both in New York. For Rookie of the Year, I got Ryan Mountcastle of the Baltimore Orioles. And in the National League, I got Gavin Lux of the Dodgers. The reason I have Gavin Lux, just I, I don't feel like this is a particularly deep rookie class. And Gavin Lux is going to be on a really good team. He's going to be getting a lot of at-bats this year because the Dodgers did let Chris uh, – excuse me, not Chris Taylor, Kike Hernandez walk. So I think that means that it's time – for Gavin Lux to have his opportunity. And Ryan Mountcastle, uh, as I mentioned, he's on the Baltimore Orioles. Really bad team. So I just think he's just going to get plenty of at-bats and he'll put up numbers, but no one will talk about him until the end of the year when he is Rookie of the Year. And then Managers of the Year, I got Jace Tingler of the Padres. The Padres, yes, they were in the playoffs last year, but I think the Padres are really going to take it to the next level this year. I think they're still going to be competitive with the Dodgers. They're going to make the wild card, as I said earlier. Got a great team. And then on in the American League, I got Charlie Montoyo of the Blue Jays. So basically my two wild card picks here. Uh, actually, no, excuse me, not the Padres, because the Padres are not one of my picks. But the Blue Jays, again, Charlie Montoyo, still a fairly new manager, and he's dealing with a lot of young players. So if he can lead a young team to the playoffs, I think that's going to benefit him a lot. Um, just to touch up, you mentioned Lux is um, a rookie of the year pick in the National League. I think Lux is going to do well, um, given the fact that one through nine, that order is just, it's great. So there are going to be runners on base throughout the entire time. So, yeah, the, um, my World Series prediction, Sox, Braves. That is my World Series prediction. And I do, I do have the Braves winning. Um, I'm a big Braves lover. A big Dodgers hater, but I love the Braves. I really do. I think they can beat the White Sox. I think they can win the World Series. Um, 
Obviously, I think the Yankees and Dodgers have a better shot at it, but we're not including those teams. And I have the Braves beating the White Sox in six games. Yeah, and then for my World Series predictions, I have the Chicago White Sox versus the San Diego Padres. I misspoke earlier. I did have the Padres as one of my wild card teams for the National League. I forgot it's two teams, not one team for each side. White Sox, again, they just had a great offseason. So have the Padres. I mean, if you look at the Padres, they've acquired two of the best three pitchers in uh, that have been moved this offseason. The other guy being Trevor Bauer went to the Dodgers. So I think the three best pitchers in that were moved all went to the NLS, but the Padres got two of them. So I think that's going to help them a lot. They just have a lot of star power all around. Eric Hosmer, not necessarily a star, but very solid guy. Fernando Tatis, we talked about him earlier. Manny Machado, I may not like him, but he is a great player. So thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode of the Baseball Plug. I'm your host, Micah Fleischman. And I'm Nicholas Bear. Again, you can find this show on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Again, we mentioned our website. It is thebaseballplugpodcast.com. If you care about us and want to support us, go over there and take a peek. It'll mean a lot to me. It'll mean a lot to Nick. In addition, we start an Instagram page. It is at thebaseballplug underscore. That is at T-H-E-B-A-S-E-B-A-L-L-P-L-U-G underscore no caps you can follow me on twitter at micah 416 that is at m-i-c-a-h underscore 416 and on instagram at nvmicah at e-n-v-y-m-i-c-a-h and you can follow me on twitter at nicholas bear seven that's at n-i-c-h-o-l-a-s-b-a-e-r and the number seven and on instagram at nicholas golfer that's n-i-c-h-o-l-a-s-g-o-l-f-e-r As always, thanks for tuning in. Peace out.